Ladies, rather. Now I like a woman who loves her freedom. And I like a woman who can hold her own. And if you fit that description, baby, come with me. Take my hand. Welcome to Season 5 of Days After Dark, Real Relationship Talk. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm your host, Moments With Me. Uh, Days After Dark is streaming live on QMZRadio.com and JohnnoRadio.com. 
We have our live audience, courtesy of Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. As always, we're going to go ahead, leave our inhibitions at the door. We're going to relax and enjoy. Just have a real good time. We're here to engage in adult conversations, share experiences, and learn from each other. My co-hosts for tonight, so far with me, I have Rosolo and Sunette. Oh, Marlon, Marlon is here. Oh, Marlon, you finished up real quick, didn't you? <laughs> and Javette will be joining us in a little bit. Thank you so much. Here at Days After Dark, we believe that the building blocks of any relationship are communication, love, intimacy, friendship, and finance. So tonight, the conversation is all about entitlement. It's a conversation we started last week so tonight is part two we're going to be wrapping it up this week plus we have in a days with rose solo and marlon last week's in a days was hilarious i want to say we had a good discussion if i remember well um a woman feeling that her husband felt more like a partner versus felt more like a parent sorry versus a partner hmm <laughs> Yeah, so let's see what Rosolo and Marlon have for us tonight. But I'm going to do a quick check-in before we get into the thick of things. Going to find out how everyone is doing. Find out how my co-hosts are doing, how their day went. Let me go ahead and turn float on all the way down. So I'm going to go ahead and start with you, Rosolo. Your first up, how are you? everyone i am doing well thank you i'm doing well much better than i was last week so um Yay. i'm happy to be here and um <laughs> and no headache and doing well i'm doing well thank you today was um a holiday mm -hmm. and they our company did recognize the holiday which is a shock but uh, i was happy and i feel blessed to have <laughs> been off and able to get some rest so yes 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 so um yeah feeling better and uh just taking it easy, you know, just last week was a scare. Um, of course, you know, after the show on Monday, <laughs> Tuesday, I was in hospital. So last week was a scare, but um, I'm feeling better now. So, yes, doing well. So, so let me ask you a question. What have you uh -huh. learned from oh, this experience? Gosh. Because so much. you can't go through something and not come out not learning something. Yes, yes. So um, okay. let's just back everyone up for those who don't know who are listening. Um, I was uh, in the ER on Tuesday, as of Tuesday morning. My pressure was up, um, even during the show last Monday, uh, it was pretty high. Uh, but what I, you know, I just realized that I have to, I'm quite, um, we talked about it in, um, I think, in um, the morning show, um, Coffee and Toe, that I just have to, know when to take a break right and i have to know um understand my boundaries and i think i was giving a lot more than i needed to whether it be on the job and in some situations personally mm -hmm. and so i had um as i sat in the hospital in the er um on tuesday i just you know everything just flashes because i thought i was literally going to have a stroke you know that's where i thought i, I thought i was on I, well i was the blood pressure was that high but um I just had to let go of some things that I was holding on to and some people that I was holding on to. So with regarding work, um, I'm not giving um, of my time as much as I, I was before. I was the person that would get up on Saturdays and get up on Sundays, work late at night, 
um, you know, go to the office if no one else could. I was always volunteering and doing extra and more than I could, even when my body was telling me I was totally exhausted. So I, I'm going to listen to my body more. Um, I'm going to um, cut off my time and, and stop when it's time to stop working and focus on my personal. And in regards to my personal life and my relationships, I had to let some people go. Um, I think I was holding on because I was trying to be kind and graceful with certain people that weren't being, that weren't reciprocating, right? Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I had to do something very difficult, which was, you know, let someone go and, and, and put full closure on a particular situation that I think was weighing on me for a couple of years, <laughs> a few years now. So, um, yeah, if that makes sense, uh, that's what I, I just learned to focus on me. And I don't think, I think I say it more than I do it, especially with coaching and everything else. I always focus on others with the show, with coaching, with the workshops and the brunches. I'm always giving to other people and um, not listening to what I need to give to myself. So I'm focusing on role a little bit more. I'm being a little selfish. So right you're, you're so. putting role at the forefront. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Even with my kids, I'm sorry. <laughs> Even with my children, you know, I, I take a break as well. This weekend, you know, the girls are here and stuff this week and um, they want to do this and they want to do that. And I just had to really listen to my body because I realized once I start doing too much, the headaches start and my body starts to feel very weak. So, yeah, I'm focusing on myself now. Good. Thank you. I'm practicing what I preach. Practicing. Yeah. And if, if you don't do it by choice, you'll have to do it by force. That's yeah. just how mm-hmm. life is. And that's what happens. That's what happens. That is what happens. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm not saying men, I'm not saying that, you know, you're not guilty of this, but I want to say women, we take on too much. We take on the world to our own detriment many times. Right. Um, right, yeah. we need, and I'm glad that you see one thing I have learned if I haven't learned anything else one thing I've learned from Sunette definitely is to look for the silver lining in every situation oh absolutely yeah. I, I, I would do it but I wasn't consistently doing it but now I have learned to focus a little more let us see what are the takeaways from whatever yes. whatever it is that we go through whatever our experiences are. So I am glad that this had to happen for you to yeah. realize. Not glad it <laughs> happened, but I'm glad you realized, you learned from it. Right. You okay. know, and, and the thing is, we knew it was coming. You know, I, I shouldn't say we knew it was coming, but you and I talk often and you kept on telling me, stop doing certain things, rest, stop doing certain things, you know, stop, stop giving so much to the job. And with me working most often from home I think I took that they took me for granted and I took myself for granted and I'm not going to do that yeah I'm not doing that anymore I'm not doing that anymore thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you (laughs) happy to have you Uh, here with us really happy I'm really happy to be here trust me because I I thought I (laughs) well you know we won't get into that but um, I'm going to start crying yeah but um yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. Amen. All right. Thank you, Rosolo. Sunette, silver lining Sunette, how are you? Hi, good evening. I am well. How are you all? I mean, y'all sound good so far, so I'm, 
I just won't do a back and forth right now. I'll just do my little intro. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what's going on with me? Um, all is good. Of course, holiday. Happy um, birthday and happy celebration to Dr. Martin Hockey Jr. Um, we are not doing homework. Instead, we are playing Scrabble. It's our second night in a row. Yes. Who is winning? I know, my love. Um, right now, um, husband is winning. Um, <laughs> I'm in the second and our daughter is in the third. But last night, I have to tell you, this child pulled out a card, the, the little squares, and she put the word unlikely on the board, on a triple word score, and got unlikely. She got 45 points in one game. I was like, what? Her first game of Scrabble. It was amazing. We were like, what? Wow. I know, it was incredible. We're like, eight years old. All right, so. And I've never played Scrabble before. Right, your first time, exactly. So that's me. We're we're sitting together, so I'm going to chime in when I can. When you can, of course. When I can in whatever type of phrases. Right. Right. So that's me. Enjoy your family time. That is amazing, Sana. Really amazing. And I'm proud of her. And, you know, I'm sure this is going to be more encouragement for her to continue she is amazing she's bright she is a star so proud of her i'm proud of you you're doing an amazing job right amazing yeah marlon we're gonna skip over you ladies first ladies first javet that that laptop better be closed that's all I'm gonna say. Oh, please. I just got out the shower. I was gonna come in and let y'all hear me bathe. That changed my mind, okay? <laughs> Don't remind me. I need to have a shower too. Thanks for you the know, reminder. It's, it's, it's something about that heat that just always just makes me feel so much better. <laughs> I don't think men understand it, Javet. They complain the water is so hot, but that hot, the hotter, the better. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so how was your day? I know you worked from home. Oh, I worked from home and I did. I worked, but nothing stressful. You know, we had a conversation, so you know most of my day already. But um, silver lining. Yeah. 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 Silver okay. lining is I have a job. I was able to work from home. And I get to spend my evening with you guys. That's Yay! silver lining. And we, we, we are so happy to have you here with us, as always. Always grateful. And I'm glad you are able to work from home today. I'm glad that you are off the clock. Yeah. So we're just going to have fun, right, Javed? Absolutely. <laughs> Amazing. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much. Marlon, before I get to you, you know what just popped up on my phone? And this is something I can't understand when it comes to MLK Day. Why now? And we're getting a report of eight. And this is not coughing toe, folks, I know. But it popped up on my phone. It's kind of disturbing. Eight injured in shooting at MLK Day event in Fort Pierce. What really? Is that necessary? Can we just have a peaceful MLK Day? I, I haven't watched the news today, but every year down here in South Florida, they have this, what do I call it? Wheels up, guns down. And they are reckless on the roads, the motorbike um, riders and 
four wheelers up and down going in opposite direction on in traffic and just wreaking havoc so i don't know if that happened today i haven't turned on the news today i'll figure that out tomorrow but this is just so sad anyway marlon mr marlon how was was your day bit so far so good Hello, beautiful ladies. How do you do? Every lady, every young now. Only some young ladies in here. Oh. <laughs> I was just about to say hello to you, but I'm gone. Bye. No, Rosola. He ain't throwing it. You know what? You know what, Rosola? I know for sure he's throwing the tree in my face. I know. Well, I'm older me. than you, so I'm and the older cousin. So what does that uh, mean for no, me? Don't worry about it, bro. As them say, who the cap fit? Like that's how you go. Who the captain? I see you, Marlon. That's how you want to start the night. Okay, let me roll my sleeves up. Okay, let me let me take my oh, earrings out go. and get my Vaseline. That's all right. I don't need no Vaseline. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to see everyone here. You know, I'm grateful. Thank you, Father. Thank everyone to be here. Um, I'm good. Just grateful. You know, yeah. that's it. Keep it that way. And roll, keep it up. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to hear nobody Shelly tell me anything again. I, I will fly to Atlanta. Ooh, kick, well, wait. I will, <laughs> uh, and I will kick your myself. You know oh, what? sorry. Okay. All right. I I don't want so, that to happen. All right. So. No, I'm very Stay intentional like now. I, I will. I will. I'm intentional now. Right. Um, okay. Even with work. They tried They tried me on Friday, and I was just like, nah, y'all can't have any part of this right now. <laughs> so, All right. All right, I appreciate you. I appreciate, appreciate you. you too. And Miss Sinet, oh, I hope your daughter kick your butt again. Ha <laughs> 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 Oh, my gosh. Well... Thank you to my co-hosts, as always, Drayson, James, Sula. Thank you so much for being here with us for Days After Dark, Real Relationship Talk. Last week, we started the conversation about entitlement, and we had a clip. I'm going to play the clip, but before we get to that, let's just hear a little bit from Celine Dion. Uh, I haven't heard this song in a long time, so let's hear what she has to say. Who remembers this one? Is it me? Can you hear it? I'm not hearing it. Why am I not hearing it? It's low. It is low. low. Yeah, it is low. Let me see. Not sure why it's so low. There we go.
just tuning in to QMZRadio.com. JohnnoRadio.com. Welcome to Days After Dark. If you're on Clubhouse, thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you so much to my moderators. Appreciate each and every single one of you. I'm your host, Moments With Me, and of course, I'm joined by my gracious co-hosts, Sinadra, Solo, Marlon, and Javette. Just a quick PSA, uh, the show is being streamed live on internet radio, and the clubhouse replays are on. Thank you for that one, Celine Dion, the power of love. Please be reminded that this is a safe space and a new judgment zone. We're here to... um. Engage in adult rela- uh, conversations, and almost said adult relations, in adult conversations, share experiences, and learn from each other. <laughs> so I'm going to play a clip. In our first marriage, neither one of us felt like the marriage should get in the way of our dating. Gabrielle Union is getting honest about her first marriage with ex-NFL player Chris Howard. That first go round, you know, I definitely was not getting wife of the year awards. Okay, good. The 50 year old joined the armchair expert with Dax Shepard podcast Monday and opened up about how infidelity affected the relationship after Dax expressed complicated feelings of his own regarding his past. That said, it was like keeping up with his activities. And I was like, oh, that's what you're doing? Oh, you're going to feel this one. And I just felt entitled to it as well. I was paying all the bills. I was working my ass off. And I felt like that's what comes, the spoils of riches. And like my dad before me, whoever has the most gets to do whatever the hell they want is what I thought. Yes, 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 yes. And it was just dysfunctional from day one. Yeah. Gabrielle and Chris were married in 2001 and separated in 2005. The Bring It On actress is now happily married to Dwayne Wade, who she wed in 2014. The pair share one daughter together and are also helping to raise the former NBA player's three children from previous relationships. As the candid conversation went on, Gabrielle reflected further on the advice a therapist once gave her and her first husband before they split. (laughs) It was such a stupid relationship that should have never gotten out of the dating phase. Yeah, yeah. We were gifted therapy, and the first session, the therapist was like, that's literally what she said. I don't know how you guys made it out of the dating phase. Wow. And we should probably look for a way to amicably dissolve. Yeah. Wow. Because you have not one thing in common. No morals, no values, no scruples. The uh. one thing you both have in common is other people. Why? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So why don't you just go be with other people? Oh you guys are identical funny. in that you're super horny for other people. Yeah. Well, I was horny for validation. Mm-hmm. Yes. And having certain kinds of guys like me and want me. That made me feel like I was worthy and good and valuable and deserving. Wow. So that is the clip that came to the forefront a couple weeks ago. And um, that's how we came up with the topic entitlement, which we started last week. And just to refresh everyone about what we covered, um, we spoke about what it means to be entitled, the fact of having a right to something the amount to which a person has a right, the belief that one is inherently deserving of privileges or special treatment. We also 
covered what is an entitlement in a relationship. And the answer to that was an entitlement in a relationship is when you decide consciously or subconsciously that what you want is so important that it outweighs what your partner may want. It is so important that it bypasses any effort to negotiate what you want with your partner. We also talked about the root cause of entitlement, the sources of entitlement uh, not being fully understood, but um, researchers pointing to factors such as how people are treated by their parents and other authority figures, messages from the media and other life events, especially those that make people feel that they're special. And there was also the question, is entitlement a form of narcissism? And although narcissism and psychological entitlement are correlated, they may predict different patterns of interpersonal relationships. Uh, We hypothesize that narcissism is primarily about the self, while entitlement is about the self in relation to others. And those answers were courtesy of Google.com, the trusted Google.com, right? So we're going to continue the conversation about entitlement, balancing out the scales, so on and so forth. Uh, we also brushed on um, some reasons, excuse me, or some signs, I should say, rather, that you're dealing with a self-entitled person. And we may just be guilty of some of these things and don't even realize it. And um, we, we spoke about they think the rules don't apply to them. Self-absorbed, argumentative, go out of, go out of their way to serve themselves, feel as if they deserve better. And I know we, went back and forth a little bit on on this one because nothing is wrong with feeling that you deserve better. But then it can can become a little murky and a little muddy um, when you are walking around with an air of entitlement. It takes away from the true meaning of deserving better. Having an exaggerated sense of self-worth feeling as though they deserve special treatment all the time, as though you should be rolling out the red carpet 24-7. It's in diamond and crystal and all of that good stuff, 24-7. Self-centered. There are people who are self-centered. They believe that they're better than others. You know, in, in Jamaica, we have a saying, think your shit can make patty. It's late night, so yes. Um, you think your crap can make patty. No, you're not all that. Calm down. They believe they're better than others, right? They think they know better and they will not own up to mistakes they have made. They refuse to hold themselves accountable. I think that is something out of the whole thing that many of us can relate to. It takes us maturing, getting to that point to hold ourselves accountable for any mistake we've made and understand that it's okay. You're human. You're going to make mistakes. Nobody's asking you for perfect. Perfect is boring anyway. Just be honest and just do the right thing. Own up to your mistakes. Uh, They tend not to listen to others. Self-obsessed. It's a my way or the highway attitude that they display. They think that their opinions are better than others. 
they always have to have the last say because what they have to say far outweighs what you're possibly saying or thinking. Uh, they're always comparing themselves with other people. And of course, in doing so, they are putting themselves on a pedestal, right? Um, and they think the world revolves around them. So those were some things that we um, went over. Signs that you're dealing with a self-entitled person. Now, we're going to move on to entitled people. What to expect and how to deal with them. And this piece is courtesy of SPSP.org. Uh, we have all encountered someone with a heightened sense of entitlement. The customer who tries to return merchandise he or she damaged for a full refund. The student who demands an aid despite not doing good work. The employee who complains about not getting a promotion even though she does not deserve one. The celebrity who asks, don't you know who I am? When told that there are no available tables at a restaurant. Researchers in the field of psychology who study entitled individuals define entitlement as a personality characteristic in which someone has a pervasive sense of of deservingness. People high in entitlement believe that they should get what they want because of who they are. And their sense of deservingness is not based on what others would consider to be good reasons. Entitled individuals think they deserve more than other people, even when they really aren't better than others are. Some people feel quite entitled overall, but people's sense of entitlement can also fluctuate. And there can be times when even a normally unentitled person feels temporarily entitled. And I'm going to put, put a pause right there. And I want us to stop for a second and think about our actions. How have we reacted in the past? a situation and let us be honest and I'm putting my hand up have we ever felt at any time temporarily or for a long period of time entitled whether it's in a relationship in a group of friends around family at work have you ever felt that way based on what we've heard so far i think i would need an example okay. um what i can say is if when i'm in a relationship i expect my significant other to pick up the phone when i call them is entitled <laughs> <laughs> to some degree could be to Jeanette. some degree i'm going to say yes yeah. and i mean at least you know send a response that i can't chat right now or whatever it is i'm expecting some type of reciprocity when it comes to communication yes and that's a double-edged sword 
because I would agree with you that if I'm calling you, why aren't you answering? If you can't speak, at least send me a text or something to let me know. And I'm laughing. Um, Marlon has witnessed this so many times with me where I'm calling my mother and she's not answering and I'm going crazy. I'm like, what, could, what on earth is she doing? Why isn't she answering the phone? How dare her not answer when I'm calling her? And when she answers, I'm like, what took you so long? So I, I'm guilty of it. I'm really not a phone person. So that's the other side of me. When I call, I expect someone to answer. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. When I call, why aren't you answering? <laughs> Michelle, doesn't, yes. doesn't, doesn't, um, doesn't a commitment comes with a sense of obligation? It does. And that's why I'm saying it's a double-edged sword. It can be. Because are we stopping to think that this person, O'Neill, may be engaged, they're, they're tied up their hands, are, they're not free, they may be in a meeting, they may be on an important call, they may be I doing think, something. Yeah, but I, I think there's two sides to it, meaning um, your significant other expects you to be there for them when they need you. Um, I think how it is handled after that is the issue. Mm -hmm. So if if she's calling me and I couldn't answer the phone and say I couldn't send a text for whatever reason, um, when I when she do get me and she may blow off a steam, why don't they call me? But when I given grace is given the opportunity for the person to explain why. Oh, you know, I was in a meeting and I went into this building and it, I, I was unable to use my phone. Because um, if you're going to immigration, you can't pay a phone, for example. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. And there are other places that such would um such things are required so i think how your partner gives you grace will determine whether or not they are true because i think with entitlement comes the throwing of tantrums so <laughs> yes. yes when you start to throw the tantrums now and you know you know some people lose them cool and raise them voice and it's a big argument and three four five days of, of vexation that's no the extreme mm-hmm but I do believe that there is a thin line between what uh, commitment, what obligation comes with a commitment mm -hmm. versus when somebody feels like they're entitled um, in an unreasonable way. Right. Great yeah. point. Great point. Thank you, O'Neill. Thank you. Have we ever felt entitled on the job? I should have got that position. I'm the one who is always doing X, Y, Z. I'm the one that they rely on, but yet they overlooked me and gave the position to someone else. How dare they? Has that ever happened? Have you ever witnessed it? I've seen somebody get upset that they didn't get a position that they didn't deserve, but because they thought they were entitled to it. But I'm not. I'm not that person. I'm, I've watched it happen. Right. Yeah. And so the, the, there's a hiss if it's thrown. There are reasons given as to why they should have been the person chosen to be the lead or, or the promotion. And everybody else is looking like, but you haven't fulfilled this or that or this other. Uh, yeah, I've seen that. 
but I'm not that person. And that's because they think of themselves more than they ought to, right? Yeah, I mean, and I, but here's the thing too. We like to push people for you to think that you are, you're doing great and you're doing the best, but it, but then the reality comes and slaps them in the face and realize that they're not upholding to the rules that they were meant to do or follow the guidelines to get to that place. And I'm glad you said that, Sunette, because it leads to this. Are we setting people up for failure? Meaning, here we are telling people, oh, you're amazing. We're being yes, yes men or yes women to people. And then they step outside of the safe space only for everybody else to be telling them the opposite. We know deep down inside that we are not being truthful. We know we aren't doing that. When we tell people, oh, you can be whatever you want to be in this life. Is that really true? Are we? Is that right for us to tell people, though? Should we be telling people that? They can be whatever they want to be in life? You, you, can, you can do that without... Um with them with some sense of reality too. Yeah, sure you can say, you know what, you can be whatever. What do we do to our children? We do that to our children. You can be whatever you want to be. And then, but then you also have to put the, oh yeah, um, apparently I don't have children. I have one child. I'm speaking in general, young lady. Um, see what seems why I can't be. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> we say two children, in general, that they can do whatever they want to do, whatever they put their mind to. And and you're right on that, exactly. Like, sometimes you want to, you want to temper them down, though. You also want to tell them, like, listen, you have to, if you, if you don't do school, if you don't get straight A's, it's very unlikely that you will become this doctor. Right. That you'll become this, this. But, but how do you, but you have to do that in, it's in a very delicate way as to not put these pressures on children says okay you want to be a doctor but you know you have to do that it, yeah. you have to be realistic exactly so, and and have open conversation with these people thank you but that's just in the aspect of children and i'm not speaking you're right you're absolutely right Sunette. but the sense of entitlement somehow creeps in when you're a child and we don't even realize that it. it starts there Researchers have pointed to factors such as how people are treated by their parents and other authority figures. Parents play a huge role in us growing up feeling as though we're entitled to everything. And if my parents held me in this high esteem, why aren't you doing this? So we have to also, as as Sonette rightly pointed out, we have to temper it. While building up their confidence, we also have to let them know that it's the real world out there. We're, we're, we're creating princes and princesses and the real world, prince and princess, please go have a, several seats. How many times have we done it to people? You're on social media scrolling through, through and, you know, people come across as having inflated ideas of themselves. And you're like, please have several seats. So we have to 
definitely temper what it is that we do with our children because entitled children grow up to be entitled adults and then they become a problem in the world so we have to have real convert realistic conversation all right um anybody else before i move on anybody else wants to add take away all right um so one major conclusion from the research from a research that has been con uh, conducted, not surprisingly, is that other people often have difficulty dealing with entitled individuals. In fact, interacting with highly entitled people can lower your well-being. People with a sense of entitlement are more likely to create conflict, behave dishonestly, and act selfishly. In one study, entitled individuals were even more likely to take candy from children. Hmm. Entitled people are also less likely to apologize for their mistakes and to follow instructions. I think all of us at some point in life have come across people who refuse to apologize for things that they have done. And it makes us angry. We don't want to deal with them. They know how to create storms and walk away and leave you reeling in the aftermath. And those are people you don't really want to be around because it can suck the life and the energy out of you. Can you imagine being in a relationship with a person who behaves that way 24-7? and doesn't see anything wrong with it must be hard has to be i don't know if i could do it but i'll tell you this if i if i'm going to be a hundred percent honest between last week and this this week i have had to step back and really look within myself and see what what here speaks to me? And yes, I will say that throughout my life at some point, at many points probably, I probably did act as though I was entitled. I didn't see it. I didn't think so at the time, but now as I'm replaying situations and encounters i'm willing to put myself out there in the chopping block and say yeah there were those moments um and if i'm going to be even more honest research is true parents play a huge role in your feeling some sense of entitlement guilty Now, a lot of times, us as parents, I don't think we even realize what we're doing in our goal. Oh, I just want the best for my child. Oh, I want to give my child the best. Oh, and this and this and this and that. But on the back end, we're creating a monster if we're not careful. So I, I'm truly grateful for this. Um, thank you, Gabriel Union, for having that interview, <laughs> which has allowed me to deal with some truths 
painful truths, but truths nonetheless. All right. Um, and we have to be very careful in relationships because what we don't want to do is have our partners, our significant others, our spouses feel alienated. Feel as though we're being their bosses. I remember Marlon has a little cousin. Um, when she was much younger, she would say, you're not the boss of me. Nobody wants to feel bossed around. Nobody wants to feel. And I feel that um, when you display behavior that resembles entitlement, it can make the other person uncomfortable. So we have to raise our level of awareness. Be conscious about what we're doing. All right. Anybody wants to jump in before I keep it moving? Okay. Although feeling entitled can create problems, there are also some advantages. Research shows that entitled people are sometimes better at creative problem solving, and entitled people may also perform better in certain types of negotiations. I'll tell you why I'm laughing afterwards. When entitled people ask for what they want, sometimes they actually get it whether it's deserved or not. And because entitled people have a high view of themselves, they may be less likely to let others take advantage of them. Thus, being entitled can sometimes be a benefit, particularly when it is not essential for the entitled person to maintain positive, long-term relationships. So I'll tell you why I'm laughing, why I was laughing. Some years ago, I want to say back in 2015, there about Marlon, 2015. No, were we? I don't remember if we're living down here yet. I don't remember, but I know we were in Miami. Um, it was either summer or Christmas. Can't remember which one. <laughs> but wow, damn! I, yeah, the more I think about it, oof. I was really bad. I was awful. So I remember being, um, we were with my parents and my dad and Marlon were taking some stuff out of the closet <laughs> and they couldn't get it out. They just couldn't get the, was it a table or was it a chair? I can't remember. Marlon, you can remind me, but they couldn't get it out. And I, and I'm there looking at them and I'm like, Really? You all can't get that out. It's not that hard. <laughs> it was a chair. <laughs> and yes, I remember. Go on, Marla. No, I, no, no. Was I that bad, though? I don't remember if I was that bad, but I'm like, look at them. What's so difficult in getting this chair out of the closet? All you have to do is angle it. Just, just angle the chair and you got it. And I watch them and I watch them and I watch them. And I'm like, <sighs> okay. And then my dad is like, okay, physics, come and get it done. Come get it done. And I got it done. But it's not that I got it done. The issue is the attitude I had afterwards. 
Yeah. Yeah, and it was nasty. <laughs> Real nasty. It wasn't that bad. Yes, it was. So we can make people feel easily as though we are better than them. Because I could do it. What's so hard? Why couldn't you get it done? So we got to be careful with that. Well, I have to be careful with that. That's a, you know, confession is good for the soul. This is therapy for me. I don't need a therapist. I have, I have days after dark. Yeah. So I wasn't that bad, Marlon. Don't, don't be that bad. I wasn't that bad. Um, but yeah, at least I'm aware. Stop it, moments. Because you, you keep saying you wasn't that bad. Then you say you that's how you know. Just accept it and move on. Just accept Javette, it. That's how you know it was on. bad. That's exactly. How you know it was bad. That's how you know it was really bad when she keeps saying it. Because she keeps saying it and laughing. And I know her like a book. So I can only imagine. I can only. I'm sorry. I'm apologize for you, Marla. Uncle, uncle, I'm sorry for you. Sorry. See, that's why you're laughing was probably really 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 bad i can just imagine now how you tell us a little bit of how you carried on stop laughing and say what you did i was Harlan <laughs> <laughs> can tell you better because oh this is a hard pill for me to swallow but it's the truth i have to check myself yeah but you know something that's interesting here for me too, reading this, even though they're saying being entitled can sometimes be a benefit and yes, uh, creative problem solving. I think that's true about them. Um, even though being entitled can sometimes be a benefit, particularly when it is not essential for the entitled person to maintain positive long-term relationships. Hmm. Let that one sink in for a bit. Are we guilty of that? We don't maintain positive long-term relationships. We dismiss people easily because um, they don't, something they did does not align with us. Have we ever done that? We're not forgiving. We're not quick to forgive. Now, I'm not saying we keep tox toxic people around us because no one ought to be in a tox toxic situation. But do we dismiss people at the drop of a dime? I have to admit, I've done that. I've tried not to, but I've done it. I've done it. Do you regret doing it? Not no, not really. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to say <laughs> I, it's because it's not a matter of me feeling. If there's a part, if there's, I think I, if it, if the person doesn't or does something that is just totally against what I believe or who I am or you know just something I just don't want around me, I will dismiss the person. Mm -hmm. Not in a ruid, or maybe I'll just back away. I just won't speak, or I'll just, you know, just never communicate again, or something like that. Or I'll be very short with my communication. Um, but I don't regret it. I don't regret it when I think back. 
no, because I wasn't rude to anyone or, you know, I wasn't, um, what do you say, emasculated anyone. I, I didn't do any of that. I just removed myself from certain situations. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Yeah. Makes but sense. I don't, I, I, I don't regret it. Should I, am I supposed to? No, I don't regret it. No, it doesn't you, even matter if you think I should. I don't, no, I don't regret it. It's just something for you to think about. Because, you know, yeah. you want to make sure that you're not dismissing people um, with no valid reason. Now, if there is a valid reason or there are valid reasons, of course, stand 10 toes down. You are Absolutely. the boss of you. And I think what happens is I, I I give a lot of chances, and you know that I will give you a chance, and I'll give you another chance, and and often you'd be like, why, you know, why are you doing that? So when I dismiss a person, I know it's for a very valid reason because I am the person that will continue to um, have someone just, you know, I'll give a chance after chance after chance. Um, for someone to either prove themselves or, you know, if they say they're sorry and, okay, no problem, you can, you know. So if I dismiss you, um, or if I, I don't even use, I don't like the word dismiss. If I, I guess I'll say, if I step back from a situation, I'm not going to regret it because I know I am the person that will give, you know, too many chances if that's a thing. Mm-hmm. That is a thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm the, I'm the queen of that thing. <laughs> all right thank you rosolo so what should we do when we encounter an entitled individual it is hard to change someone's personality and research indicates that it is particularly difficult to make someone feel or act less entitled but we can do things to avoid reinforcing someone's sense of entitlement For example, when entitled people make unwarranted demands, it might be better not to give in. (laughs) Uh, Remember what we spoke about earlier, Rosolo? Mm -hmm. For example, when entitled people make unwarranted demands, it might be better not to give in because... Doing so may make them even more certain that their entitlement is justified. And when saying no to entitled people, it may help to explain why your refusal is fair. Because perceptions of unfairness are linked to even more entitled behavior in the future. Of course, Entitled people are unlikely to think something that doesn't benefit them is fair, but it doesn't hurt to try. It doesn't hurt to try. Finally, instead of trying to make people feel less entitled, perhaps we can capitalize on the advantages of their sense of entitlement. For example, if there is something you really want, Send an entitled person to ask for it because this person will not be afraid to make demands. Sometimes it is important to fight for something and the fight might be more successful if the people who make the request feel fully entitled to get what they want. It helps to keep in mind that although entitlement has many negative consequences, it is not all bad, right? So it's balancing the scales. 
It is knowing when to pull back and when to project. And it is being responsible. We have to be responsible with what we say and what we do. We have to be cognizant of how what we say or do will affect others, how it will make them feel. What kind of impositions am I making? Is, this, is it going to take them out of their comfort zone in a bad way so that I can feel good? And all of that happens in relationships. If your relationship is one-sided, the scales are tipping, where one person is always reaping the benefit and the other person feels as though the life is, their life is being sucked out of them, uh -uh, that's not good. If you're in that kind of relationship where you feel as though you're being drained, that's not a relationship you want to be in. You want to really uh, do an assessment. And don't be afraid to, <clears throat> excuse me, back away if you have to. Self-preservation. Preservation of one's mind, one's physical, one's emotional well-being. Those things are important, right? So let's check ourselves. Are we the ones walking around with an air of entitlement? Or are we dealing with people who feel entitled? And we're going to take a quick music break. And then after the music break, we have Rosolo. You ready for it within a days? I'll be ready after the music break. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I can't wait to. Wait. <laughs> Oh. 
should when you're holding me. Talk to me. I learn to stand when you talk to me. You know how to make me. Touch me, sha da 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 da. Just tuning in to QMCRadio.com, the quality music zone, and JanoRadio.com. Welcome to Days After Dark. Thank you so much for joining me on Clubhouse, my Clubhouse family. Thank you so much to my moderators and everyone on the stage with me. Thank you for being here with us. I'm your host, Moments, and I'm joined by my gracious co-hosts, Sanat, Rosolo, and Marlon. Just a quick PSA, this show is being streamed live on internet radio and the clubhouse replays are on. Please be reminded that this is a safe space and a no judgment zone. We're here to engage in adult conversations, share experiences and learn from each other. And it is time for In a Days with Rose Solo and Marlon. We're going to go ahead and get started. Solo, you're up. Take it away. All right, all right. So, welcome to this week's segment of In a Days. Marlon, are you ready? Ah, yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> He's still stressing yes, from right. last week. 
Oh yes, yeah, so that's what these crazy people have. Listen, I'm ready. Get ready. Put your seatbelts on. Here no, we no, go. You're not nice. You're not nice. You see, you're not. Listen, nice. he said crazy people, but yeah, I mean, not they're not crazy. Nice. They're just they're they're yeah. Don't do that, Marlos. We won't get the letters. So here it is. Marriage teeters months after vows are exchanged. My husband and I have been married 11 months. We've been together five years and have lived together for the last three. This is my second marriage and his third. I've put, him, I've put up with a lot from him and overlooked way too much. He isn't affectionate, doesn't kiss me hello or goodbye unless I ask, and doesn't hug me. <laughs> he doesn't seem to like sex either. Although if I say it, he gets mad at me and says he does. I'm so sorry, I'm laughing. We might have sex twice a month. <clears throat> I would like it more often than that, but I have tolerated his almost non-existent sex drive. He never initiates. He's very moody and pouts and complains about things not going his way with his job, his life, his 16-year-old daughter, who, by the way, does not like to be with him, etc., Yet he doesn't make positive changes. Since the wedding, he has stopped sleeping with me in the same bed. He claims I snore and it wakes him up. <laughs> Mute my moments. I don't like the TV on when I'm falling asleep and he demands to have it on. He won't go with me to visit my family, but demands that I go with him on weekends and sometimes during the week to have dinner at his parents'. I moved an hour and a half away from my children and grandchildren to be with him. When I mentioned that I would like to have the kids spend the night, he comes up with a million excuses why that isn't a good idea. But then when his daughter wants to spend the night, it's perfectly fine. OMG, as I write this, I'm wondering why am I with him? I feel like crying. I do love him, and when I think about not being with him, it feels like my heart is falling out of my chest. What should I do? Signed, heartbroken and stuck in the East. Need to go to my mic. No, I'm just saying, real. What did Marlon say? I say I muted my mic. When my mic is muted, what did Marlon say? What did Marlon say? So she signs it heartbroken and stuck in the East, and Marlon says she should go to the West. Why sound like um, the, some part of the letter sound like um, Mormons talking about me? So I, th I was thinking about my ex my ex husband, actually. I thought Mormons wrote it about me. <laughs> huh? Huh? Don't uh, don't don't want to hug and kiss and hold on. You know. you, what what are you talking yeah. about, Marlon? In the in, in 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 the beginning, you know, make it sound like sound like you wrote a letter about me. Hold Some on. part. Not hold part. on, hold on, <laughs> hold on a second. What part? Here we go. Here doesn't we like go. to kiss me. Doesn't like to. Wait, let me see. She know, says you, you um, he, he isn't affectionate, and he doesn't kiss me hello or goodbye unless I ask. And he doesn't hug me. Oh, okay. All right. Stop right there, Rosola. Yeah, Marlon. That part is you, mm -hmm. except for the doesn't kiss me, hello, or goodbye. I don't have to ask you to kiss me, goodbye, or hello. But you're not a hugger. We spoke about love languages. We spoke about that, that some people wow. just, yeah. You were never, you, you're not one who's going to come up and just hug me. You're not going to do it. 
I am always one hugging you up like me a run down man and dolly do run down man. Exactly, like I'm pushing up on you. You and I have that argument Anyways. all the time. But the kiss part, no, that's not you. Don't worry. <laughs> so you didn't write it moment? It looks like you took pieces of my marriage and your marriage and put it in this letter. And and the sex part too is not me, right? No, that's not you. That's not you. That's not you, Marlon. No, I have I'm filing a report against you rather. TMI. TMI. Wow. TMI. TMI. But she knew what she was getting into, bro. You know, I agree. Before she got married, um, well, I'm assuming she knew about it before she got married. Where and they've only been married eleven months. They've been together months, for five so... years, and they've been living together for three. So, you, if you've lived together with the person for three years, you must know you must know what you're getting into. Yeah, you have to. Some it has to be some sign somewhere. You can't cover all that, you know, affection and stuff for three years. You know, so she chose to be there with him. You know, she chose it, and for the for his kids can come over, and her kids can't. That, that's what it is, right? Her kids can't come there, but his kids. Her can. kids can't, but his kids can. Yes. So that must have been a red flag from earlier too, and she still chose to get it, get in there as well with that part and with the parents. You know, so. She should have laid the rules down from early, or you know, or come to an agreement. Both of them need to come to an agreement from early before she got married. You know, so now she's is it because she's you know up in age because she have grandkids, right? I don't, you don't, you don't, you don't mean. No, it didn't say grandkids. It didn't say grandkids. It just said kids. Hold on, no man, you said no, something about grandkids. Oh yes, grandchildren. It did. I'm sorry. Yeah, I moved an hour and a half away from my children and my grandchildren to be with them. Yeah. So yes, yes. it sounds like she's um, sounds like she just decided to settle and stay with him. You know, she probably you know not sure what her age be, but she probably decided to settle and say, you know what, let me rock this one out and hopefully change. But she she made a, it seemed like she made a mistake. It sounds like a relationship no. for companionship because this is what her second and his third. So you his can tell they're, they're, they're older. It just sounds like it's something for companionship. And when she says, you know, as she writes the letter, I'm wondering why I'm with him. And I feel like crying, but I love him. Yeah, that sounds like it to me. They, they should have moved to a nursing home. They'd be okay. Both of them. <laughs> you know, Marlon, I would never. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, you know the word, Javette, Javette and Rosola, don't laugh. Because you know what? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. If she's listening, I'm sorry. I have heard Marlon give his friends some advice and i'm like i don't know how they keep you as a friend you are ruthless and heartless and the worst part about it is that son number three is the same thing i've heard son number three and i'm like this is a this is his, his father reek oh my gosh well and do better okay Somebody, please help me. I, I was just gonna help. say. I was just gonna say. Does anyone help. else have let any let comments share. to share? Yes. <laughs> 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 
that. Don't encourage him. Oh my God. Wait, I got to oh. stop laughing before I give my two cents. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, let me say this. I was in a marriage that, and Marlon at moments knows this, that he, he's changing now, but his, his idea, he said that during when you're, um, prior to getting married, you date, you know, you, you, every, you're, there's the affection there, but once you're married, it's not needed as much <laughs> in the marriage. So it's a possibility. That's why I thought moments wrote the letter uh, <laughs> about me, um, no. because it's a possibility that they could change, um, after they're married. It, that is a possibility. I, I, I experienced that. I experienced a person I, thinking that you go on dates and you do certain things prior to getting married. But once you say that I do, you don't have to do that as much. I thought of someone about me too. I was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> and I was about to write that in the chat and I was like, wait, hold on. No, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see <laughs> you know what, Rosolo? Where's the mic? Where's your mic, Rosolo? Y'all are disgusting. This- Rosolo, mute your mic. But but I don't have any grandchildren and I don't live and um, <laughs> I'm not stuck in the West. I have a choice. <laughs> you know what? I but I have grandchildren and I'm in the East. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um. Yeah. She she really needs to um figure this out. She's figured it out though. She the funny has. thing is, she she completely figured it out. In the, she, in the middle of writing a letter, she uh, she knows what her answer is. She knows what she has to do. She just has to like do it and and deal with the heartbreak because he, he's not that into you, sis. I'm done speaking. I agree with you, Sana, because she's already heartbroken. So what's the point of being stuck? Move on. Because but, then there's a loneliness that there's a being alone. That's that part. I get that, Rosolo, but. Uh, you probably don't need to get married again. Your second, his third. He, yeah, she probably needs to just be by herself. But anyway, let me Don't tell up. her that. That's not true. That's yeah, not true. I, don't tell ahead, her that. Go ahead, Javette. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, I, you I've know, been with Marlon for too long. Go ahead, Javette. <laughs> you know, again, and we say this like week after week after week. But I want to know. When and how do you really know a person? Because I have a family member that I don't know how many times he's been married, but it's the same thing. The women that he um, are in a relationship, they act one way, but as soon as he put the ring on, it's over. It's like a totally different person. And I say to him all the time, were they like no signs? Like, really? They did not show you not one sign that this is what your life is going to be? We need to stop bringing people into our lives if we're not ready to be the person that they need. Bottom line. Say that again, Javed. Please say that again for the folks in the back. Stop bringing people into your life if you are not ready or not able to be the person they need. That part. That's it. 
It's sad. I mean, we laughing and it's so true, but it's sad because people are really living lives like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there are some harsh truths that we have to come to terms with, though, Javette. We have to ask ourselves, why do I need to be in this relationship? A lot of us don't know. A lot of us really don't know why we want a relationship. We think we know, but deep down we don't. But here's another question I would like to ask. Well, in her case, it's not for sex. That's for sure. Mm. <laughs> but, but at the end, the part with the sex is it is it because um, I know they're both up in age. It sound like do they need to you know spice it up a little or because at the end of the day we know sex get boring after a while. Yeah. So you have to find a way to 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 keep it going, spice it up, do different role play, do different things. Right. You know so. Are they trying stuff like that, you know, sexually for them to, um, you know, just to get it going? I'm just, you know, I, I don't know. Does I mean, from the way the letter reads, it's like he was always, um, um, let me not right. use that word. Um, I can't think of a good word to use that. We're on radio. Um, just say it. It's late night. Go. He was, uh, well, it's not even, I'll, he was, it seems he was always boring. I'll, I'll, I'll use that word. Oh, so he is... Okay, yeah, yeah, it's true. So he's always... So why does she marry him? You know, That's if he, the if question. He, if she to know he point. was boring from day one and, and the sexual part, and or she... I, I think she just settled. Because she just, you know, I think that's what She says he doesn't her. seem to like sex either. Although if I say it, he gets mad at me and says he does. She Saying like it and doing her. it... <laughs> or is. he could or he could be this is his third marriage he could be older he could have maybe he has problems well that's he what needs he needs a little assistance maybe he needs the blue pill yeah but he, need, but he needs to satisfy his wife so he needs to go to a doctor or he something needs a sex therapist or something they have sex or, twice know, a month because his um ridiculous wow and she would like it more often than that. I can understand. I can, mm -hmm. but, she, but I've tolerated his almost non-existent sex drive. He has so see there. He has but hold no on, sex Russell, drive. Hold on, hold on a second. Back up for a second. Is it that he has uh, an almost non-existent sex drive because she doesn't turn him on? Exactly. It's possible because he never. It's possible because he says she says he never initiates. What if he he's not attracted to her sexually? But remember too. Remember too. A lot a lot of older men, their sex drive um goes away. I mean, it's not it's not there like it used to be. But I, I think a woman can go, especially when it if in their sixties and fifties and it's like they, they, like a damn energizer bunny. Yep, you know, and then a man. Some of us, not all. Some of us, our sex drive um, go right down. So I think he needs to go to a doctor, you know, or they both need to go together or, and see and see what they can do or, if they want to get it back. 
Our and mom- since the wedding, he has stopped sleeping with me in the same bed. He claims that I snore and it wakes him up. Now, they've been living together for three years. So he knew she snored prior to saying, I do. So everything everything bothers him. This letter sounds like... Neil, Neil, you were trying to talk, but I think you're in the Matrix. Oh, Hello? okay. I'm, go ahead. Go ahead, O'Neal. Oh, you're not hearing me, guys? No, no man. Go on now. No, you're fine. You're... Go on now. No, no, I was saying that it could also be that he's suffering from ED. Um, and That's what I said earlier. Yes, I yeah, agree. Lack of confidence. Maybe it's not full-blown. Um, you know, sometimes. So he may be shy away from sexual activities because he doesn't think he can fulfill. And as Marlon says, she maybe have a, a more energized um, rhythm. But he's maybe just trying to save himself from embar- from feeling embarrassed or and stuff like that. But O'Neill, let me ask you a question. If you were in his position, wouldn't you have a conversation with your partner and let them know what's going on with you? And then you both try to seek I help? hope I'd ever be in his position. I hope not, but <laughs> hey, come on. We don't know what life holds, right? How- uh, yeah, potentially, um, he should. If, I mean, if he knows he has those issues and he's not willing to deal with it, he shouldn't have even. I mean, I know they're up in age, but I think he's selfish. Yeah. I think he's extremely selfish. He's self absorbed. Um, there must be something from the relationship that he's enjoying. Um, there must be a reason, because sometimes people want companionship or just want to know that there's somebody around. Because obviously he doesn't want to sleep with her. He doesn't want to be in the same room with her at night. But maybe he just selfish enough to know that, okay, this woman is loyal and I just want to keep her around. And, and, and I think he's selfish. Sounds See, like- that go back to what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's his way or no way. So he's definitely um, walking around with an air of entitlement. It's his way or no way. But at the same time, I'm not going to put the blame on him only. She has to carry her basket too. Because what you said, they've been um, living together for how long, Rosolo? Three years? They've known each other for five and they've been living together for three years. So what, you thought he was going to change the minute you say I do? No. No, that's when he stopped sleeping in the same room with her because he just realized she started snoring. I don't know. I think I don't I don't think that I mean it's just she knows what she I think needs he's to some, do as Sunette she does know what she needs and that's yeah. why her heart is broken that's why her heart yeah. is broken as Sunette pointed out she know, and I think she doesn't want to move on because she's been married twice before she's older she's older and she feels as though um she doesn't have much going for her at this stage. What? Lady, look on Liz Taylor. How how many times Liz Taylor got married? Look at J Lo. How many it's... times she got married? There are people just but, Did they mention I... that in the letter? How old is this lady? No, no, they didn't mention any age. Okay. But I'm but I'm assuming either fifties in the fifties or sixties, based on the children and grandchildren. Yeah. I mean Marlon saying this, nursing home, but Marlon, people in the nursing home having sex, so that... Nursing home has the highest rate of STD, so people in nursing homes <laughs> are having sex. But my thing is, though, what's the reason why 
he got divorced. Those other times. times, yep. Other times. What's the, did did he tell her the reason why they left him? Because I think that's what happened. He, it didn't say. It didn't say that. They didn't say didn't anything say. about anybody leaving anybody. Yes, it just so he just got divorced three times. Before. Well, they both. This is his third divorced. twice. Yeah, they both huh. been married before. Okay. Huh. All right. Well, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, lady. Molly, you can't tell her that. She's looking you for an answer. That. You can't tell her. You, I don't know. Lady, I don't know what to tell you. She's heartbroken. Go to the West. She's stuck in the East. But I think she's heartbroken because she knows what she has to do. Yeah, I said so it. too. She says, oh my gosh, she as knows. I'm writing this letter, I'm wondering why I'm with him. So she understands. I feel like crying. I do love him. And when I think about not being with him, it feels like my heart is falling out of my chest. Pick your she, heart up. She know what you're doing. As Ani said, he's selfish, especially with the kids' situation where his kids can't come over and hers can't. Her parents and not his. I mean, his parents and not her parents. He's selfish. So I just personally, I think she just needs to go to the West, leave him alone, and. Just enjoy your fan, her kids and her and her grandkids. Have you know, and and and, and wait it out for a little bit, you know, and don't rush into anything. And it sounds like she, rushed, it sounds like she rushed into a, a a third or a third marriage or second marriage. Second, you know. So, I just think she need to find herself first, enjoy her grandkids and her kids, you know, and just wait, mm-hmm. you know. And if it happens, it happens. If it don't, if it don't happen, you know, just enjoy life by yourself. You know, some the happiest people. You know, when you you a lot of us are happy by ourselves. So, I mean, I so. think that you're, we're often, especially women, um, in our fifties and sixties and stuff, we you're afraid to be of, of being alone because you feel that you'll never find another companion. But to your point, when you take the time for yourself and you do the work, you'll find happiness and peace in being alone. And then, you have to as you work on that. yourself, you'll be better for someone else. So, exactly, you have to do that. Okay, you keep rushing to something. Like if she leave him, she gonna end up with somebody else. Probably treat her the worst, or you know, just she need to find Can herself. Can it get first. worse than that, Marlon? Abuse? You never know. Well, this is, this is a form of abuse, if you ask me. Well, it is. I should say physical abuse, emotional I abuse. I think that yeah. So because I think what she's experiencing could lead to her looking at herself and wondering what's wrong with me. Absolutely. So she needs her sanity restored. She needs her self-esteem restored. Pick your heart up. She needs her up. vagina restored. Pick your heart up and keep it moving. As far as I'm concerned, and yes, I have to agree with you as well, O'Neill, when it comes to his being selfish. He married a caretaker. And, mm. and men do that. Some men do that. When they're getting older, they don't marry because they truly are in love with the person. They marry because they need somebody to look after them when they get older. They're looking for somebody to take their dentures out and put in a glass, put drops in their eyes, snip the nose hairs out, put on the depends. Hold their hands so they don't fall over. And then that he is selfish. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. He 
he married a caretaker not a, he didn't he's he was never in love with her he just saw her as being committed loyal faithful ass ain't going nowhere she gonna be right here with me so you know what yeah let me rock with this one because she gonna look after me when i get old and decrepit that's all it is and we need to stop that if that's why you're getting with somebody you're getting with them for the wrong reason goes back to now what javette said why are you being with the person if you can't be for them what they need you to be and i and honestly i think you have to have more respect for yourself too yeah in 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 the way of what you feel you deserve or what you feel you want your wants and your needs are very important yep yeah it comes to a relationship and if someone can't give it to you and i'm not going to say that you're going to get 100% because there's no there's no there's no one perfect right right but you have to be 100% of yourself right in order to attract 100% of another person i feel i agree and to attract what you need I totally agree. You have to be whole. If you're not whole, then you're going to accept relationships like these. Yeah. Subpar. Javette, do many of us know what we deserve? And not not coming from a point a standpoint of being entitled, but do many of us know what we truly deserve? Do we know our self-worth? Do we? Have we taken the time to reflect on self, to get to know self? Do we even know ourselves, some of us? Do we know ourselves honestly? And then which leads me to ask this question would you date yourself i can answer this right now Hit because me. i've been working on myself i'm sorry neil and the answer will be hell yes okay good go ahead o'neill no i said i'd date me you and date you okay i date, date myself Anybody who doesn't date me is losing out. I date me. <laughs> oh gosh, you date yourself too, you say, Rosolo? At the point, at the place where I am right now, absolutely. Before, no, I wouldn't have any part of her. But um, now, yes, absolutely. Okay, Sula says in the chat, I definitely date me, even marry myself. Dre says, I would date me and never cheat on me. Yes, Dre, yeah. Facts, yes, yes. <sighs> me too, I would date me. You date you? I don't know if I would date me. I really don't know. I would I would put her, you know, that, that moment's person, would I date her? She would have to do some work. I love you. <laughs> I have a lot 
lot of work to be done. And it's funny you say that, Sonette. It's so funny you say that because I said to my mom the other day, we were having a conversation. I said, listen, I own you. You're mine. She's like, I, I, I can't remember exactly what she said. And I said, listen, you're married to me now. You don't have a husband. You, you're married to me now. She said, me, Careless I would never marry you if you were the last person on this earth. I don't know how your husband deals with you. <laughs> wow. I said, uh, you raised me. And that's the thing, moments is very similar to how my aunt was at that age. So I don't know what auntie is talking about. You are the same human being she was back then. <laughs> don't know what she's saying. I don't know either. I don't know, I don't know if I, the, the truth is, and I'm, I can be honest, I don't know if I would marry me. I'm not easy to deal with. I really am not. I lift my hat off to Marlon for putting up with me. Um, I know my dad loved him because he was like, boy, Marlon, you're good. <laughs> That's what he would say. Um, my mom, she will say, you know, she, she, she has mad respect for him for putting up with me. I know I'm not easy to deal with. I know that. And I know I, there are a lot of things. I know I'm demanding. I can be very demanding. And I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. And we know we've had the conversations. For me, if I want something done, I want it done now. And 20 years later, I'm still struggling with understanding. It it's not. <laughs> what he say? You spoil? The, the, O'Neill, am I spoiled? No, I don't think so. Yes, you are. I probably am. To show that you sound like some of the two in tantrums. You know, um, do you throw tantrums, moments? Do you throw tantrums? Ask Marlon. Do I throw tantrums? <laughs> happy wife, happy life. Don't talk, Marlon. No, he'll be. Oh, that's one thing. No, 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 no. No, you talk. Uh, I do? Yes, you do. Moments, you don't know if you throw tantrums? You don't know? Yes, you do. Now, uh, when you throw Oh, yeah, I can say no, but I do. <laughs> Hope to yes. hear you on coffee and toe tomorrow, Marlon. Greg, <laughs> <laughs> I'll sit up. No, but no. Uh, um, the truth is, I don't know if I throw tantrums. I'm not going to be, I'm not being um, dishonest here. I really don't know. I might think I don't, and he, you know, he will think I do. Um, and I probably do. I I probably do. I O'Neill, I'm gonna be honest. Yes, um, my mother has told me I am spoiled. That's my problem, and I throw it right back at her and tell her if I'm spoiled, it's her fault. It's it, it's her fault. It's my dad's fault. You can't blame me for what I am. You did this. But I don't think I am spoiled now. Younger, yes. So you said there's a thin line between, you know, attitudes that you have developed over time and habits that you really believe that you have dropped, but subliminally they're a part of you. So 
maybe you suppresses it, but when you get into your mood, they they come out with those. That's why you you you're so innocent of the fact that you can. But you know, I, I I'll say to Marlon that sometimes we love what we love. When you love somebody, you have to love them with everything that they comes with. So I can understand. I guess Marlon just really loves you. So hopefully you'll, you know. Yeah. Hopefully, well, I do. I have to appreciate him. I have to love him. I'm grateful for him because me, no, me couldn't do with me. Right now, I couldn't. So I appreciate the fact that he's able to be with me. I am sure that when Marlon needs to, he will check you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, and and, and yeah. I think that's that's what makes him him. Yes. That's why y'all work. Yes. That's the balance. That's, let's balance the scales. That's the balance. Yes. Yes. Uh, it's it's so funny that you're saying that, Javet, because I'm flat, think going back to what Rose Solo said. You know, it's... You don't set out to marry people who are like your parents. Well, I never set out to marry someone who was like my dad. But when I think of myself and Marlon, there are similarities in our relationship when I think about my parents. My mother is, you know, the very strict one and the rule of the book. And, you know, my dad was the more calm one. It took a lot for him to get angry and you don't want to get him there. Um, very calm, very level-headed. Um, thinks things through before speaking. Um, a whole lot of patience. And guess what? They rule under the same sign. So I don't know if the Zodiac thing is real. Must be real because there are so many similarities with him and my father. You know, and I remember having, when I was younger, I said to my father, I don't know how you put up with my mom. <laughs> and now here I am. I don't know how he puts up with me. Life's weird, isn't it? But yeah, interesting. But I'm glad that everybody else is able to date themselves. It means that you have all um, done the work on yourselves, which we're supposed to do. We're supposed to work on ourselves. We're supposed to aim to be better versions version am i pronouncing that right better versions of ourselves right with each passing day we're not supposed to compare ourselves with anybody we're not supposed to try to be like anybody else just be who we are but be good people right um are we perfect no we also have to know how to be honest about our flaws. Have you ever met somebody who is interested in you? You go on a couple of dates, you're having conversation. Have you ever said to them, these are my flaws? Have they ever said to you what their weak or their areas of opportunity are? Has that ever happened in a conversation on a date? Not on a date, but as I get to know a person, that's one of the questions. 
you ask them what are their weaknesses what are the things they need to work on yeah okay like do you yeah. you do you have any part of you that you still think you need to work on or change or you know the difference between where you were in your last relationship versus where you are right now in your life hmm. i like that that's good anybody else thank you javette anybody else are those questions you ask it's not for me it's not so much of a question but it's all it's all a part of the conversation um you know sometimes when you meet people and it comes out in different ways because sometimes some people would, oh, if you're pursuing somebody and they're thinking, oh, I'm not ready for a relationship. Why? I need to work on myself. What's wrong with you? X, Y, Z. And for me, if I can't, if I can't work with you through your flaws and your growth, then I don't think I deserve to be there when everything is polished because nothing is ever perfect. Um, I think a lot of people feel like working through their flaws or to grow is need to be a loner, selfish road that they have to take by themselves. Um, and I think when they do that, because sometimes, you know, you don't necessarily, you, you need to have somebody who is an accountable partner that will help you through those um, growth stages to get over the obstacles that you think. You may recognize some of the stuff that is wrong. Sometimes it's you come out of a relationship, etc., etc. But yeah, it's normally a part of my conversation because I am interested in how I can add value to somebody's life. If I can add value to your life, then I don't need to be in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing, O'Neill. Because the truth is, going on a date is it, it, dating is inter, the interview process, asking questions. But we should also be willing. I think we're having server issues again. Okay, yeah. So dating is that's when you're going through the interview process. Are we afraid? to talk about our flaws. Are we afraid to talk about our shortcomings? And if we are, is it because we fear being judged? We fear the person may run in the opposite direction? Yeah, I think that's a big fear for a lot of people, especially the type of the type of relationship you had before, or the person who was in your life before, and if they judge you, you know, from your flaws and 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 your stuff, it's going to be hard for you to. The fear going to kick in for me to tell you, you know what, so and so and so, I don't, you know, this is what I I love or this is how I used to be. And you end up just not want to tell that person anything. So I think it's going to take time. You know, because you got some people who are serial daters and serial liars. So they just like you say, we got a date for interview. Some people do that for fun. Hmm. You know, and they lie to you and, and, and get you where they want you to be. And, and 
six months or a year later, you'd be like, what the hell? You know, so I think it's just going to take time for you to get to know that person. Not say you don't date the person. Yes, you can. But both of you need to be open with each other and no judgment zone and, and, and right off the bat because as soon as you start judging that person or the person realize you're judging them, they're going to climb up and not want to tell you anything. Right. You know, so we just have to have fun with, just be yourself. You need some, you need to find someone who you can be yourself with, you know, just laugh at your stupid jokes and, and, and just have fun. Just because once you find that person you can be yourself with and it's not going to judge you, who cares what whatever the world's doing to you? As long as you know this one person you're with, it's not going to judge you because none of us are perfect. Right. We all have a past. Every single one of us in the world have a past. Sometimes we 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 regret a lot of stuff we have done too, mm-hmm. and wish we could take it back. And like, damn, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I went through that. You know. So we don't we don't want to be judged. None of us want to be judged. So. Just find a person who can make you happy and, uh, ac- and uh, accept you. Go ahead, Anil. Oh, he, he muted his mic. Finish up, Marlon. Go, finish up. I think he was just no, 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 no. Oh, no, no, I'm done. I'll, I'll I'm speak after. Speak after. Speak. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm good. I'm done. I'm done. But go ahead, sir. <laughs> Thank you, no, Marlon. What I was asking, I was going to ask you, Marlon. Are you saying that when people when you ask somebody about their flaws or discuss their flaws, people normally get judged in the process or feel judged. Um, yeah. Yes. They feel judged or, you know, get judged in the process. I should say. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, I'll say this, right. And you're correct because as human beings, we are judgmental on average, you know, the normal. But for me personally, I can't speak for myself. I practice, I've practiced for years. One of my laws is judge not. And I've I've candidly said this before that I could I could I could marry a retired prostitute and people look up with their eyebrows up. And I'm like <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a tough one for a lot of men to say because a lot of Yeah, but go a lot of men going to go ahead. But the psychology behind it is um, a reformed, retired prostitute is somebody who have lived their life. And you see it in society today. I mean, Cardi B was a stripper, da-da-da-da-da. I mean, um, all of the strippers are becoming wives, you know. Um, But the psychology for me behind it is if I can love you with all your scars... Um, deception is to me the worst sin. So you could marry somebody who you think is not necessarily a virgin, but and I've seen it happen to a lot of males. Them date a girl and she, you know, she's hot and sexy, and then she maybe have a very high body count. And when them find out her body count six months a year into the relationship, they start to treat her differently. This is the same person that they pursued. This is the same person that they said they wanted. This is the person that they loved. And they never had the conversation. They never truly know who she was. She maybe never lied because you just never had a conversation about 
you know what your body count is or etc etc and that's when the person get discriminated against after the person have invested or you both have invested into a relationship so for me the conversation of flaws the conversation of and i'm not saying body count is a flaw but i'm just saying the conversation of knowing what that person and it's not necessarily not a, not necessarily that I need to know your body count either. To me, it's history. What is in the past is in the past. It's, I'm more interested about the present and the future. But the conversation of knowing, declaring, dealing upfront with, you know, I'm miserable, I'm moody, you know, um, you know, you know, I like nice things. I'm a shopaholic, whatever that is. Getting that out in the beginning, I believe, saves people time. So whether you want to feel like you're judged or not, it may save divorces, it may save broken homes, it may save um, a lot of things, a lot of complication and happening relationships because people just do not, are not open. And, and however, I would say, I would implore people to not be judgmental, try to have an open mind because there's nobody that's perfect. And I leave there. All right, thank you. Yeah, you're, you're so right because I, I think I, I spoke about this before, but I know someone who, once he find out um, his wife's body count, is like it's the worst thing ever he ever found out because like he don't want to talk to her. It's like he don't want to be around her. He just is like he just is the worst person on earth. And I said, listen. You choose to marry her. Why didn't you talk about this before? You know, and if she had told you this before, would you have still marry her? And he was like, no. But the, the thing is, it's not him. He's worrying about his friends, finding out who she, how many, you know, people she slept with. So it's not really him. He's worrying about his family members and his friends and, I'm not sleeping with the friends and family member. You are, you know, as long as you know what you have done in the past is in the past, and you are with me, and it stops here. And I have no problem knowing a woman's body count. Body count. That, that don't bother me. That don't bother me if you tell me you have 10, 20, 100, 200. That don't bother me. You know, as long as I know this is where it stops. You know, we're together. You don't need to be doing that anymore. So and so and so. If you if you this is what you want to do, it's on you. But I'm not going to be around if you're going to keep up what you're doing. But as long as you know it stops with me, it's all good. But for you, say what you said, O'Neill. Many men gonna look at you and call you stupid. Uh-huh. Uh, many of us will look at you right now and say, "How are you gonna marry a? Why would you date a prostitute or so and so and so?" 99.9% of men will say, I'm not going to do it. You know, so I applaud you for that, sir. But, but you know what, man, on, in my younger years, I used to visit strip club and I used to sit on and have conversations with some of these strippers. And when you realize the why behind why they do what they do, you also have strippers who are who so I've met strippers that has a, a stronger moral compass than women who are not. Mm-hmm. That I've is had, true. I've I've also um, 
women who profess a certain moral compass and them they have a very good way of covering their tracks but their lifestyle is maybe not necessarily even much better than the stripper so when i say what i say it's coming from a position of um the person and i believe that the prodigal son you know there are different reasons and purposes why people do things people get you know so a a, a female who get caught into sex trafficking in her teenage years or ended up becoming promiscuous because oh, she was molested and you know whatever mental trauma she went through during those formative years and then does when she become 24 25 an adult and has dealt with her trauma and has um, restructured her life doesn't she deserve to be loved doesn't she deserve um to have a good life i mean so i look at life a little bit differently i'm not saying i'm going out you're looking for a prostitute or a stripper i'm not but i i made that statement boldly because everybody deserves to be loved it comes down to that person's moral compass and character it just says the box stops with you mm-hmm. so if 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 you're going to be faithful to me um why am I going to be worried? Because if, if as men, we're so worried about a woman's body count, many of us never marry a virgin. And many of us have taken virginities and left that woman hanging. Mm-hmm. So how responsible are we? If we are going to, like, it's like when I hear men say, oh, I'd never date a woman with kids. But yet still, I have three baby mother. <laughs> but they want a new woman for married to who not a penny. Come on, grow up. I yield. Thank you so much, Anil. I appreciate your input. Thank you so much, Marlon. Much appreciated. Uh, hang on, folks. Please don't, don't, don't leave me. Don't leave me. <laughs> but um, great conversation. Didn't expect to go that far off on a tangent, but I'm glad we did. But I do have to wrap up on air. Please bear with me. to say thank you to everyone for coming to Days After Dark on Clubhouse. It was certainly a pleasure. Of course, this would not be possible without each one of you. Of course, I have to give a huge thank you to my co-hosts, Sanat Rosolo, Marlon, and Javette for joining me tonight. This episode of Days After Dark was streamed live on QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Quality music while you work or play, log on to QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. Download the Jano Radio app. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. J-A-H-K-N-O, Jano Radio. Take us on the go. 
Coming up tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern, it's Coffee and Joe. World News on the Go, live on QMZRadio.com and JohnNoRadio.com. Of course, the live conversation happens on Clubhouse. And then at 7 p.m. Eastern, it is The Rose Solo Show, live on JohnNoRadio.com, QMZRadio.com, and ViscosityBlend.com. Thank you to all our listeners on QMZ Radio and Jano Radio. This was a Moments with Me media production. Don't leave me this way. I can't survive. Can't stay alive without your love Well, well, don't leave me this way, no I can't exist, I'll surely miss your tender kiss Don't leave me this way, no, no Don't leave me this way Radio and Jano Radio, this is Moments with me signing out. Have yourselves a wonderful night, get some rest, and be safe.